Do you watch pro wrestling from outside the United States? New Japan Pro Wrestling is one of the biggest promotions running overseas, and it is where many of today's top wrestling stars built their careers. Last Thursday, New Japan announced that their champion, Will Ospreay, was injured. With that announcement, the biggest pro wrestling prize in Japan is now up for grabs. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about that vacant World Heavyweight Championship and what's up next for New Japan. Travis Severance is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for May 25, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in pro wrestling news to find you the truth. There we go. Hey, Travis, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be back from my, my trip to up north in the Great Adirondacks to, to watch my my youngest brother and his beautiful bride get married. Good time up there with everybody, and it's good to see you in person once again. I know it's been a long pandemic. <laughs> Yesterday, our big lead story was all about wrestling returning in July. And things like this, things like the weddings that we go to and the wrestling shows that we go to, it's all kind of coming back slowly. Uh, at least if we were in Texas, we'd be watching wrestling every every week i think so. yeah it seems like texas is going to be the next hotbed i guess <laughs> everybody's touring there so good for yeah them. absolutely well today's big top story that we're going to cover is will osprey's vacancy of the iwgp world heavyweight championship uh new japan's biggest prize is up for grabs here's the news on may 4th night two of wrestling Dotanku in fukuoka Will Ospreay sustained a neck injury. As a result, Ospreay will not be participating in the next series of events and will instead return to the UK for treatment and rehabilitation. There's no timetable for Ospreay's return to action, and as a result, the World Heavyweight Championship is vacated. Further announcements on the status are, of the championship are forthcoming. What are they going to do, Travis? This is a tough call. I, I think the most direct route they take here is to go with what we had saw coming out of him getting the title, which was he's in the ring, Shingo's in the ring, Okada's in the ring, and they're all talking about who's next, who's next, who's next. And of course he had that match against Shingo and retained. So Okada was supposed to be kind of next on the slate. My think my thought is we're gonna see Shingo versus Okada for that belt to see where it goes next. And it, it with this sort of build and with no announcement and no drop and pickup I have to imagine it's going to be some sort of a mini tournament because if if Ghetto comes out and says, well, it's just going to be between these two guys for the belt, it seems lackluster for the size of that title. And they yeah, love a it, tournament. It doesn't seem like they would be doing the title the justice that it typically would de would deserve. So here's here's the thing. Dominion is their next big show. It's June 6th. It's 12 days away. They've already announced their lineups for Wrestle Grand Slam. Though there's a couple other couple other events between now and then, and then they have three Road Two shows before they get to Dominion: June 1st, June 2nd, and June 4th. No lineups announced for those. I suspect, like you're saying, some sort of tournament or something that leads us into that June 6th show where we potentially get a new champion at that show but we don't have a lot of time for a tournament so it's going to have to be a small number of people or those road two shows that's all they are yeah it's interesting and it, and it kind of ionized my thinking a little bit 
with last night or the night before when the when the first return show was back, they had the five man. It was Lij against Chaos. I'm like, okay, they're already starting to work with some faction feud here a little bit and stuff. Sure. So they're working that into it a little bit. Yeah, maybe it just ends up being a straight up one v one match and they go right to that. I don't see anybody that's ready. I don't see anybody else in that title picture right now for that specific belt. Now. If you're looking for me to go long on this, I could see a world where whoever wins this belt, we get to the G1, Jay White wins the G1, and then we see the belt change to him at Wrestle Kingdom after that. But in the meantime, I, this is this has got to be a pretty big blow for them. They built up United Empire, and who knows, maybe Jay White ends up losing the Never Open to Jeff Cobb or something like that, because man, the United Empire is kind of just... These are all guys up on the come, like <laughs> doing really good, nice, hot. They've all of a sudden got this faction identity to it. Will's on top. He's got both belts, not just the IWGP. He's got the Rev Pro. Rev and Pro. Yeah. Who knows when they're going to get going again as well. So it's a well, rough I, I place agree to with be. you. I think it's a huge blow because Will Ospreay was, I think, so important to what they're trying to do outside of Japan. They have an English-speaking champion. They don't have a lot of people that they can choose from on their roster that speak English as well as Will Ospreay. I think Kenny Omega was the original plan for that. But Kenny Omega, he went went on to AEW. Will Ospreay was very clearly a New Japan guy. I think that's where he wants to be. But these these injuries, working the style he does and the style that they all do, these injuries are kind of, they're going to happen. And in fact, I think Kota Ibushi, the last champion before Will Ospreay, I think he was injured, and that might be why he dropped the belt to begin with. Yeah, all of them do fall on their heads an awful lot. And Will was somebody who came in and was on everybody's radar because he was just this insane, exceptional high flyer. Well, he bulked up a little bit to get himself into the heavyweight contention, and his style definitely changed and adapted a little bit. Coming back from the pandemic, he wasn't the the aerial assassin that we all kind of knew him as before when he was doing his work in England and then moved over here and was a junior and stuff like that. So it was a different presentation, but he's still taking bumps and doing crazy stuff. And it, it's less often than it was before that I think the most challenging part for him is that he can wrestle up or wrestle down. Sure. We have a lot of heavyweights that can't do that because either they can't keep pace with the smaller guy so that the timing is all off and it looks like a mess and it's kind of a train wreck or they're smaller and they can't do some of the power moves or take some of the bumps that they they need to from the bigger guys. So yeah, as far as being an English speaker, being able to wrestle uh, anybody on the card and put together a good match, it's hard to find that around the rest of the locker room. Abushi was somebody that could do the same thing. I don't know. I'm hesitant to say, let's go right back to Okada. Because Okada felt like he had that belt forever. Now, he was the champion and the champion for a long time with sort of my introduction to New Japan. So maybe that's the reason why I feel that way. Because obviously Naito had the belts for a long time as well. And who knows, maybe maybe it's a situation where we see this Finley versus White match. He drops the never open quick and they move it over to another English-speaking guy relatively quickly. And we've got Jay White on top as a heel to chase. Yeah, I, that's a very, very possible, I think. Because then whatever feuds jay white had kind of lined up they just moved that to the main event mm-hmm. right yeah because jay white was going to be wrestling top guys he's not going to it's not like he was wrestling down the card or anything so here's here's a list so will osprey the second world champion at new japan they just reintroduced this title they merged some other belts into this one so 
Will Ospreay's the second. Kota Ibushi came before him. Now here are the here is the list of people that have held New Japan's top belt, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, before they merged it. These are all just the active guys: Naito, Evil, Jay White, Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And then you get into the dads: Kojima, Nagata, Makabe, and Tenzan. There's ten guys on the roster that have held the top title before. They have a whole bunch of guys that are kind of climbing. Now outside of New Japan, in AEW, you have Kenny Omega. In WWE, you have AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Brock Lesnar, I guess. He is a former champion. The wild card out there that every once in a while shows up on indie shows is the great Muda. So that's your list of people that have at one time held this title belt. So they have a whole bunch on the roster. They could solve this with a battle royal, right? Just throw all those guys in. Whoever's left standing. Or they could just have Kenny come in and snag the belt off of him. In, in well, that's the sexy thing to talk about, right? What are the chances that the belt collector goes over there and collects a belt? Now, if they do that, Dominion's off the table, right? Because Dominion's only 12 days away. Japan, you will quarantine for 14 days. You will sit in your hotel room. They will bring you food. <laughs> like, yeah, that is their plan. That is established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does open the door for that afterwards. And Wrestle Grand Slam's got a lot of stuff going on. They had to reschedule it and do some different things, so they had to change at least some of the storylines there to build into that and Dominion coming. So some interesting stuff. Like I follow Jay pretty closely, and randomly he's making a brief, short appearance at a California store for some signing. Okay. Which tells me it's very possible that he's on at least one loop of New Japan Strong over there. Where they're going to put him in the story and who he's going to wrestle or what he's going to do. I just don't, I can't imagine him flying to California and not filming or doing some things like that. Like the WrestleMania sh- stop was surprising. I'm sure he got paid a good amount of money to be there to do that appearance. But from the conversation that I had with him, there was no wrestling on the map. It was kind of just a short holiday for him, and then back he would go. Can, it, with Osprey holding the title, did I, would I think that Kenny Omega would be able to win that belt? No chance. I don't think that New Japan wants to give it up any more than they want to see somebody be AEW's champion. Right. Now that Osprey doesn't have it, it's a very strange world. Having Kenny Omega be the top guy for... New Japan, Impact, and AEW. I've never seen anybody in that kind of a spotlight with that many major shows. And AAA as well. I mean, you're talking about four out of like the top seven or eight places to be in the world. Like maybe five. Four out of five, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's nobody that's been in that conversation. And in it, regardless of what some of the pundits say or some of the people that don't actually watch in ring wrestling to any degree, he's certainly one of the best guys to ever lace his boots like that absolutely just goes without saying and anybody that says anything different isn't an actual wrestling fan or doesn't doesn't understand what's going on inside the ring and that's okay to have a preference you can have a preference and say i don't enjoy kenny's style or i don't enjoy the kenny character whichever one the face or the the heel that's fine you can't discount what he does in the ring when he does it in the ring absolutely so 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 the odds of Kenny Omega doing this seem low because 
New Japan's going to want their champion on all those cards, all their cards that they do, and they have this big quarantine, and then Impact's going to want him, and then AEW's going to want him. He's just He isn't going to be able to be in all these places at one time. But it sure is fun to think about. It sure is fun to think about the, the possibility of, of something like this. Yeah, I mean, and, and as strange as it sounds, right, like they did a huge leadership change over New Japan, and yeah. Kenny was professional, but not he didn't shy away from the fact that a lot of the reason why he moved over to AEW and didn't want to do the New Japan stuff had had a lot to do with where where the leadership in that company was and the lack of opportunities in the direction that they were headed and stuff. And, and in fact, I think in a recent interview, maybe just the other day, he said, I just I imagined finishing my career in Japan, which is obviously him sort of stirring the pot a little bit and good for him. This is good timing to be able to do it. It's sad now looking back with the Osprey tweet about Kenny Omega knows where to find me and who knows if they were laying the groundwork for that match and stuff. He could, he could have gone into new Japan to wrestle a match against Osprey for their title and lost and not had to give up any of the other belts that he had or anything like that. I could see a scenario where that would have worked and, and we may get there. He's got tons of history with Ibushi. I, I don't, I'm not sure where else they go next, right? I don't think they bring in anybody from outside. I mean, Lesnar held the belt hostage, essentially, for for real, held it hostage on them. Shinsuke is obviously super busy. AJ Styles would be great. Bring me, give me AJ Styles over in New Japan and get him away from doing jobs for Jackson Riker tomorrow, please. (laughs) Like, he he would be a welcome return over there. Well, it is fun with the forbidden door being open, and we've even seen the WWE forbidden door being just cracked a little bit with this talk about MLW. It's really interesting. But Finn Balor as well, another big Japan name. He never held the big belt, but it'd be so fun for for that forbidden door to be open and allow these guys that have such a history in Japan to do a one-off or something over there. And I, I mentioned Battle Royal kind of in like half not serious tone, but that's kind of a, a a match where if anybody loses, nobody's hurt, right? They got thrown sure. over the top rope. No, you didn't pin me. You didn't submit me. Well, you know? and they have that they have that fashion of battle royal where they're like, okay, when it gets to the final X guys, it's just over, and those are the guys that are go on going to go on to the next match. Right. So they could certainly do that to protect a whole ton of people. It's not the most epic way for me to feel like, oh, this translates straight to what my heavyweight champion is going to be because of this format. But it is certainly a way where like Yano can eliminate Okada and it's just, that's just kind of part of it. Nobody cares. Right. Similar to what happens sometimes when we see the surprises that happen in the G1 or the or the Super Cup or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough, it's, I, I'm sure it's a tough place to be in for them. And, and like having the all the plans have to change with the wrestle with the, the grand slam and then having to restart right. and do all that stuff again. This is, this has got to be a giant pain in their butts. Yeah. They haven't announced those dates for their stadium shows, but they are clearly postponed them. They did not cancel them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So absolutely. They've got to build cards for those events. And it sounds like Osprey is for sure not in the mix. Well, and allegedly isn't the Olympics supposed to be there this summer too. Correct. Correct. So the G1 probably won't be in the fall again. Yeah, so, yeah, we're going to get another late G1, which is if, which is if too the bad. If G1 cause... was this summer, I think they would just winner the G1. That's, their, that's our guy. 100%. But I don't think they'll wait till fall to crown a champion. The G1 is super, super important to them. It's sacred to them at this point. It's 
something where the pandemic did not stop the G1. They changed the format of it and the way that things were going to go as far as not having as much window dressing on the stuff, but the G1 will happen. I mean, they understand what they have there and it's such a draw and so much fun. Like there's just nothing else like it really. All right. So let's put a, let's put a stamp on this conversation. Who's going to be Travis? Shingo Takage. Shingo Takage. Really? New champion. Mm-hmm. New champion. Okay. I'm going to say it's Naito. So same faction. They just go back to Naito, carry it until until Osprey can come back or whatever. I uh, they could also go back to Ibushi because, like I said, I think they just he just got injured. So their storyline they already had mapped out. They just go right back to it. But I'll say I'll say Naito for now. I just feel like right now he's been such a workhorse for them and involved in so many great great matches over the last year or so. He's not a he's not a, he doesn't have a big character to him. He's not on the mic very often. He does have good size, good style and stuff. If there was an opportunity to give him the chance to hold the title, I think now is the easiest way to do it. And who knows? Maybe they're going to bring they're going to build some storyline around him and there's going to be some the reign of the dragon or whatever, which I'm all for it. Like give me more of that cuz I didn't mind him on the mic. Now, mercifully, we had Chris Carlton that was translating when they were doing the promos with three of them in the ring. And if we have that, I think that's a lot better. More Chris Carlton to translate would help the product if they have a Japanese wrestler that's going to be the top guy as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, if you have an opinion, leave a comment on the show and we will take a look at it and maybe talk about it next time. And we have a whole bunch more headlines in the world of wrestling to talk through. And we're going to do that after the break here. I'm going to first tell you, though, how you can support the Daily Wrestling News Show. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20. And all of them come in the super soft style. And the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Maheffy. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And, of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, the plugs are over. So, Travis, today is the two-year anniversary of AEW's first show, Double or Nothing. Awesome. Yeah. And this weekend, we have their third Double or Nothing show going on, so we'll get to that a little bit. But first, I want to do a follow-up on yesterday's lead story regarding fans returning to WWE events. WWE released the waiver that fans must sign prior to attending these new shows. The waiver essentially releases WWE from any liability if you get sick. And then secondly, 
WWE also is starting to advertise Edge and Sasha Banks for the July 16th SmackDown in Houston. So two big returns if they don't return before then. So, Travis, any thoughts on the, the news that WWE is returning, the waivers, anything like that? I think the waiver is smart. It's Hopefully it's just part of their app, similar to what we were dealing with with the when we went to WrestleMania, we had the WrestleMania app that we had to do the protocols through there and go through and check the boxes and stuff. Does it actually make anybody safer at those events? Not at all. It just means that they clicked a thing and they absolved themselves from liability, which Correct. isn't anything new to WWE. If you look at the back of your tickets, you're going to see them absolve themselves from liability oftentimes too. So yeah, for legalese, that's great. The return of Sasha. Okay. Give me some Sasha. Edge. Whew. I'm not sure where we're going to go with him. Maybe he's going to take the now vacated Daniel Bryan spot. I've got questions all over the place about WWE in terms of where their wrestlers are and what they're doing and stuff. Daniel Bryan, Roderick Strong, like we got a whole bunch of people that are good wrestlers that are on the outside sort of looking in or not around the product as much as they were or whatever. Like it was great to see Nakamura back. (laughs) He had been gone for a while. You brought up Daniel Bryan. Nobody knows. What he's yep. doing right now, yep. So he could show up on coming somewhere. Yeah, he could. Sh- he could literally show up anywhere. Well, so what's interesting is if you watch any of the impact teases lately, oh, there's been a bunch of people putting different things together for that, and there was a yes in one of the things, and they talked about some of the the iconic symbol was sort of put in there too. So they've teased a whole bunch of people for that next show. So it'll be interesting to see if any of it shakes out. Absolutely. Not that Scott Demore has been the pinnacle of integrity when it comes to paying things off. <laughs> well, the other thing I want to mention with these waivers, everybody that goes to any wrestling show between now and whenever the pandemic is officially like forking it, it's done. You're going to sign a waiver like this. You're going to sign it if you go to AEW. You're going to sign it if you go to MLW. You're going to sign it if you go to, to Ring of Honor in Maryland. So you're going to be signing this waiver. So. Get used to that idea. It's just yep. a, something different you have to do. But mm-hmm. Here's another interesting story that you wouldn't think would come up on a wrestling show, but it's actually very important to wrestling, and that is Showbuzz Daily. It is a website that reports the ratings, and it's been down for more than a week. They can't post anything to the website. Now, this is the main location where journalists, wrestling companies, television companies, sports companies... This is where everybody goes to get the ratings. Now, you still be able to get them. The, the journalists will still get them from Nielsen and stuff like that, but they won't have the full picture at the context of this was number one among this group and knocking out all the news items and stuff like that. So it's very interesting. It's been running with no profit, no revenue stream for this website forever. And it's kind of a weird thing to exist in this way, to be so important and to be a free product not supported by any revenue stream. It's just funny how fragile some systems can be sometimes when they're exposed to something like this. Like anybody could have kind of taken the mantle and done this thing and found some way to profitize it or whatever, especially for as many as the, the, the outlets that are, that are kind of counting on it. I don't know for wrestling. I think it's better. <laughs> like uh, we give so much credibility and I'm somebody that looks at the ratings and I look at the numbers and I, I look at them with a with a hope for growth across the board, and it's right. interesting to compare different shows and stuff like that. But these people that try to mine the quarter hours for the promos that were good, and they must have hit because this number was up. And it's like, how do you know that? Maybe there was a you know commercial during the baseball game, and somebody just happened to flip the channel during that time, and it spiked a number. Like, 
uh, trying to soothsay inside of those numbers other than like the a broad idea of what the picture is and like for wrestling in general like that website being down now is probably a good thing it's known historically that during the summertime ratings go in the toilet why because the days are longer the weather's nicer and less people are watching tv so maybe that'll avoid the oh all the the marks going well AEW's right back to seven hundred thousand. well i got news for you during the summertime everybody's down like 20 to 30 percent so that's yeah. just kind of the world compare apples to apples right like how many viewers are on tv versus how many are actually watching the show yeah, and we'll we'll still get the ratings. It just won't be in as great of context of everything else. So it's just kind of a shame, like you said. It's a, it's very fragile. Sounds like an opportunity to me. It does. There is some relatively bad news to report here. Former WCW star Marcus Buff Bagwell was arrested Saturday. Here's the litany of charges filed against Buff. Speeding, failure to yield when entering the intersection, giving false data to law enforcement officer, hit and run, following too closely, reckless driving, driving within a median or emergency lane, driving under the influence of drugs, duty upon striking a fixed object, driving on the wrong side of the road, and more. So so that somebody must have had it out for poor Marcus at this point. Marcus, I got calf implants, Bagwell. That's a true story. Yeah, the guy's kind of been a mess. Like, if you've watched any of his stuff on social media and stuff like that, he's obviously down a road. I hope, based on this situation, that he gets himself some help. Yeah, this is reoccurring at this point. This same kind of story happened this time last year. So, yep. best wishes for Marcus, too. Yeah, it's like when if the grass starts to grow. Marcus has to decide that it's, it's let's be an asshole out on the road time. So, right, we'll see. Okay, tonight on Dark, there's only four matches announced. That's somewhat newsworthy <laughs> so i'm sure they're gonna have 27 more throughout the course of the day that get announced but right now only four and then another sad story alexa bliss's pig larry steve passed away oh that now i'm not much of a pet guy or whatever but i know you are so this obviously like everybody knew about this pig that is such a quirky thing for somebody to have as their pet and i guess there was a lot of issues with her getting help for yeah, so she tried to reach out to some vets, and some vets didn't want to do anything, and she kind of did an outcry on social media where she was asking for some people to do some stuff, and they were talking about local colleges and so on and so forth. A pig is a pet in a house. Probably not a good idea, folks. Like, Alexa's a country girl and stuff like that. That's why this pig was a cute idea and things like that. I'm not sure what the if they're going to do an autopsy on the pig or they're going to find out what exactly happened to him, but he stopped eating. He was super, super sick and stuff like that. And it is sad that somebody would lose a pet, but technically that's like an exotic animal. So unless you have a I'd farm, yeah. In, 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 some of that, it's impossible to remove the responsibility of her in the situation too. You have this exotic pet. If I had a giraffe in my yard, I would have a vet that takes care of the giraffe regardless of what the situation is. So just thinking you're going to pull up to, you know, the local, the vet next to the Wawa and they're going to be able to see a pig, like be a responsible pet owner. Right. I have, I have dogs that are brachiocephalic dogs that have smush faces and, and noses. I know at some point for them to have a better quality of life, I'm going to have to have surgery on their nose so they can breathe in most cases. That's an expense that I take on as a pet owner, but I have a vet that specializes in that to take care of those dogs because I care about my pets. Well, that is that is the news there for Alexa Bliss. Next week on Raw, we have 
Kofi Kingston versus Drew McIntyre, the winner, will face Lashley at Hell in a Cell. So hopefully we get a finish to that match and we have a match lined up for Hell in a Cell. I mean, also, are you excited about Kofi Mania 2? Like, it really feels like they're trying to build it. Like, are you clamoring for that? I'm, I'm curious because I, I'm not. I don't see this having longevity, the Kofi story. I think Kofi may get through Drew McIntyre, but then he's going to get destroyed at Hell in a Cell. So would I like to see Kofi remain as a top guy? Sure. They need a few. They can't just go back to Drew versus Bobby every week and or Bobby versus Braun. So, yeah, we need we need more people that are credentialed on, wrestling on top. So it's just interesting with the direction being the giant guys again, as opposed to the midsize guys that like, where are you going to throw them in the mix after getting squashed by seven seconds on the opening Fox Smackdown from Lesnar? Well, maybe that maybe they're going back to Brock Lesnar in a few months and they want to put the belt on Kofi so they can get <laughs> get some revenge or something like that i mean good on them if they decide to go in that direction but it just isn't anything that i'm like overly enamored with this idea and and where are the viking raiders are they off rating i think they're rating yeah okay they're 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 rating for sure excited they came back but they were back for about a hiccup and yeah didn't lose any matches nope nope they actually blew through new day a reverse oscar was also announced for hell in a cell the pay-per-view on NXT tonight, we have Bronson Reed. He's going to speak for the first time since winning the North American Championship. We have the debut of Frankie Monet. Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Shotzi Number versus Raquel and Dakota. And Ted DiBiase and Cameron Grimes have a million-dollar face-off. Yeah, this is almost a pay-per-view for NXT based on what they're announcing. Like, that should be a really, really good show. Yeah, I think so. I'll be interested to see who they put Frankie in the ring with. Yeah. In action, some, some in action person, probably not Tegan Knox. I, I, it's the only person on the roster I haven't seen her say hello to yet. Mm-hmm. So, and then this weekend is Dynamite and Double or Nothing. Dynamite on Friday, Double or Nothing on Sunday. Quick for Dynamite, we have Miro versus Dante Martin for the TNT Championship. Joey Janela versus Adam Page. Cody and Anthony Agogo in a weigh-in. Jade Cargill's Open Challenge, Inner Circle Celebration, Uno and Grayson versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Orange Cassidy answers Kenny Omega's big question of whether he'll stay in the title match. And then there'll be an announcement about the buy-in. So, so big go-home show. Probably a great show in terms of confor- performance, but nothing really compelling in there. I don't see a single match in there that I don't think I could call from the seat with my house on the line, which is too right. bad because... But at the same time, they've told good stories to build up to a pay-per-view card. So I'm okay if there's not a lot of contention here building up to that. And they're just continuing the story and continuing the heat. So I'm okay with with what they've decided to do here. Like, yeah, I don't like Dante Martin's chances against Miro. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't like Evil Uno and Stu Grayson's chances against the guys that are facing off in a a high-profile match on Sunday. So... Yeah. I mean, at least there's a build to it, though, right? Like the the Dark Order kind of came out to help save Sting and Darby and stuff like that. Okay, it makes sense that they're paired off against. And it's not like, oh, we've got to see a version of Darby and, and Sting before we go to the pay-per-view to see Darby and Sting versus sure. them. So yep. it, it, at the very least, at least there's that there. It doesn't make it a compelling thing to watch for me, sadly. Yeah, and then I don't know about the buy-in match. That's interesting. There's a whole lot of 
things they could do. There's certainly a million people on the roster that ha don't have a match at double or nothing. So, yeah. Okay, here is the double or nothing card. Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. The Pinnacle versus the Inner Circle in a Stadium Stampede match. The Young Bucks versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley for the Tag Team Championships. Sheeta versus Baker for the AEW Women's World Championship. Miro versus Lance Archer for the TNT Championship, assuming Miro gets past Dante Martin. And then Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page versus Darby Allen and Sting. This card is loaded. A lot of matches, straight fire, some year-long payoffs, like a couple of new feuds starting up and the continuation of some others. Four hours? Five? Just probably think? four, if we don't count the buy-in. Yeah, this is going to be a long one. Yeah, I was waffling back and forth between <laughs> flying down because they have the Friday Dynamite, which I would have been able to catch that. Saturday is like a meet and greet thing that they're doing. That's super cool as well. Yeah. And then obviously they have the Sunday show and with Monday being a holiday, they set up their pay-per-views so that you could actually travel back without missing a day of work. And I really appreciate that way that they do their format, whether they choose Saturdays or Sundays. And they, they've said, we'll do Sunday pay-per-views when there's a, a three day weekend so that people can come in with their family and travel home without having to take a day off. Appreciate that. So you have been, I've been to a number of shows down in Jacksonville and you've been to, you've been to one post pandemic and you've been to them pre pandemic. You looked at the tickets. It looks like the stadium is going to be a set up a little bit different stadium. Listen to me. The amphitheater Daly's place is going to be set up a little bit differently this time. And obviously it's open hundred percent capacity. Yep, they can do whatever they want now. So they have, it looks like they have a set of seats opposite the hard cam side. So I'm not sure how the entrances are going to come, whether they're going to go back to the, the two tunnels with the, when I was there for January 1st show before the pandemic, obviously, you know, they had, they had one tunnel entrance where everybody kind of came out of, and we had these elevated seats that were awesome. And it looks like based on the aftermarket ticket sales, they have seating on the floor on that side of the ring and stuff. So I will see. We'll see how they have it set up. It's obviously not, and, and I'm glad. Like we've seen that stage a billion times. Like give them, give me a pay per view feel, please. Nothing would please me more than to see something happen on the go home show where that stage just gets blown up. Yes, <laughs> yes. Know? Not the not in the style of the exploding barbed wire stage match or something a like that. Just a, just like something happens where it gets destroyed. Miro throws Dante Martin through literally every piece of the stage. Or yeah. something, so that they have to build us something new for Sunday. Absolutely. So, all right. That said, anything else on your mind today, Travis? Nope. I think I'm I'm excited about the the pay per view. It should be good. It's interesting that I don't know if you guys covered it yesterday, but the Don Callis news coming out of Impact was was kind of interesting to me. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. The buy in. I won't be surprised if the buy in has a sprinkling of New Japan on it like we saw rocky romero and renarita last night on on elevation and stuff so th if they're gonna seed something in there maybe that's the place where they throw it in there to kind of do some sort of feature it seems like they're doing more and more of that and i'll if they're working with strong and Strong's going to be their new japan stuff i think that could be really really interesting because there's a bunch of stuff that they could do and they could go and bring people up to california and shoot 
four sessions or whatever and kind of go from there. Man, the only thing that I would have to say is like, I'm excited. My wrestling feed for Facebook now is just starting to get lambasted with all these indie shows coming back. I mean, GCW and ICW and CCW and like a bunch of the local guys are starting to announce events and things like that. And like that more than being able to go to the grocery store without a mask is more exciting to me than, For sure. yeah. you know, than anything else that's happening. So it'll be nice to see how things shake out. I, the Davy Richards MLW announcement sure. was very yeah. cool. I'm like, what's funny. I was going back through some, some matches the other day and I saw him at TNA and stuff. And I'm like, man, where did that guy go? And lo and behold, they announce him up as one of the first ones that they're going to build off of. So there's exciting things coming. I think it's a, it's a good time. And I'm glad Japan's back up and running again too. So man, July is going to be nuts. It, July it, is going to be nuts. Absolutely. Um, regarding the buy-in, I think that's a that's a good option for that you brought up the strong option. Somebody from New Japan get featured in there. I also wouldn't be surprised if it's another women's match. I agree. Jade Cardell Cargill feature would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. At full gear, it was Thunder Rosa versus Allison K. They brought in for one for one show, and they have newly, that newly yeah. signed Allison K. Good for her. Well, I don't know that she's signed a long term deal with Ring of Honor, but she is going to be in the Ring of Honor Women's Tournament this summer. So. She's a good get. Yeah. Yeah. So they may feature that NWA women's championship as well on that show. They need to get that back over to, to the NWA product. <laughs> well, so I think the match is what Camille versus Thunder Rosa to see who goes against Serena Deeb. I think for the title the match that is supposed to be tonight, although I think it's been announced many times and the NWA has pulled it or just not delivered it. Is Thunder Rosa versus Camille supposed to be tonight? If Camille, the winner gets the championship match, but if Thunder Rosa loses, she cannot wrestle outside of NWA. Which would be very awkward since she owns a promotion in Texas. And oh, that that was another one. Look at them. If you haven't had a chance, take a look at the Mission Pro card for the next show. Like I was trying to figure out how to watch it streaming and stuff like that. Because for a women's card, that thing is stacked. Kylan King's going to be there and a whole bunch of others like really, really good. Good stuff. So welcome back wrestling. We missed you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For Travis, I'm Ryan. We will catch you tomorrow. Enjoy your week. 